Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I'm married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I, I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and, and I'm in a different part of the country. I, I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then. And you're really enacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? All right. Now, you know, did you hear what Russell said? He says he travels all 50 states and he loves sex. And that's why he feels the need to um, pursue sexual rendezvous everywhere he goes. But the truth is, sex addiction is not about sex. I know one would think it would be, but it, it isn't. In Russell's case, I suspect, although he's not a client, he just called me on the radio, um, I suspect it's about the pursuit, that the high for Russell, the dopamine high, is the pursuit of what else is out there. And when you're looking for that, um, that is the hit, if you will, that's going to activate the brain. And that's why so many men and women who are self-proclaimed sex addicts or have been diagnosed as sex addicts, they will say, you know what? It was not about the sex. It was not about, quote, unquote, getting off. It was about the anticipation. It was about the hunt, the chase, the pursuit. That's usually what more often than not is intriguing about sex addiction. Hey there, I am Carol Jurgensen Sheets, and I'm telling you, we've got a good show today. I mean, it's going to be a little heady. And what I mean by that is that I got... Eric coming on, and he is going to be talking about the nine domains of integration. And he's just amazing because he wants to talk about Dan Siegel's theoretical framework called Midnight. Uh, And 
what he believes is that there's this meta theory to screen, assess, and treat all types of problematic sexual behaviors um, by using this modality. So Eric will be explaining how he utilizes the nine domains in conjunction with integral meta, meta theory. And I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Eric Bellstroming, I'm telling you, this man is super uber right. He actually just presented at our, um, our workshop, our seminar, symposium for certified sex addiction therapists. And he's had a lot on his plate lately, so we are glad to get him to talk about interpersonal neurobiology and what is integration and what's the working definition of the mind and what is spaces flow. I mean, just things you probably haven't heard about, but now that you hear about them, you're going to go, oh, my gosh, I just saw a special of Dan Siegel's talking about that. Or, oh, my goodness, I just read an article that referenced the nine domains of integration. So get ready. You're going to get some new information. We're going to make it simple to understand, and then we're going to see how it applies to your life. That being said, would you believe I'm still waiting on my books to come in? I told you last week, my peeps all have their books, but the author of Help Them Heal, teaching you both how to heal when you're at, at heal after your relationship of sexual betrayal. Mine haven't come in. Now, how could that be? How could that be? And I just said to the distributor, I've never had to wait this long. And she said, understandably, the other two books, Carol, that came in so quickly were pre-COVID. <laughs> So it just teaches me about patience, and that's like one of my worst virtues. So I'm just, I'm just hanging, and I am appreciating the changes it's making already in the couples that I'm hearing from. I'm going to be doing a workshop. I'm going to be doing a workshop in September for couples to help them heal. We're going to take about 20 couples. Then we're going to have about 40 people. If you're interested, just send me an email at carol at carolthecoach.com, and I'll get you on that list. My um, webmaster is setting up um, that information as we speak. It will be on my site, www.sexhelpwithcarolthecoach.com. And you all know that I do IRCAM. And IRCAM is the Early Recovery Couples Empathy Model. And it is an opportunity for couples to learn how to get healthy through the use of empathy. And guess what, guys, gals, peeps? This is where you as a couple work together. You know, Helper Heal said, please, 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 if you're the addict, please do 85% of the work. And Help Them Heal still has whoever the addict is doing a, lo a large majority of the work. But this is where we employ both spouses to get healthy and to work on themselves. You know, Dan Siegel talks about the mind, and you all know that I'm doing 
um, I just got certified in mindfulness for addiction and for partner betrayal. And it's my job to get everybody to employ healthier mind states and stories so that they can be all that they can be. And unfortunately, we spend too much time stuck in the same old mind states that don't, they don't motivate you. They keep you stuck. They keep you entrenched in old limiting behaviors. We don't want that. So think about this for a minute. What is the number one thing that you say to yourself that's derogatory, that's negative, that's a put down? And, I mean, we have 60,000 thoughts a day, and I know and you know that it's very common to have those same 60,000 thoughts repeat themselves daily. So it is up to us. It's our responsibility. We have accountability for changing our mind stories. For instance, um, I just changed my office from a big, beautiful corner office on two legs to my home. (laughs) It's one of my retirement plans. I'm going to save a little money. I'm going to make it a little easier. And I'm going to start closing down shop. And so when I got in here, I realized I have 15,000 files that need to be held for seven years, and my office couldn't store them all. And that meant that I had to redo my entire closet to make it more conducive for my filing situation. And as opposed to just freaking out and saying, oh, I've worked so hard just getting things over here. I can't believe I'm not done. I said, okay, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a fresh start. I'm going to be invigorated, I'm going to be organized, and I'm going to do eh, at least an hour every day for the next four weeks to get my act in gear to be ready for this new shelving. And so guess what? Tomorrow they're coming to take the shelving down that's already there, and then they'll patch the holes, and then they'll come back with new shelving on Thursday, and I am jazzed. I moved it all. You know, I'm a 66-year-old woman, (laughs) but I'm a healthy, fit 66-year-old woman. So I moved all that stuff. I mean, books and books and books and books. And I just can't wait for the end of the weekend when it's all totally put together and it looks good. And I get to decide, how do I choose my mind stories? Are they going to work for me or are they going to work against me? And that is what Dan Siegel talks about. And I cannot wait to hear what MindSight's all about. And Eric is the perfect person to help all of us realize what is out there today for, to better understand sex addiction and to better understand what's behind sex addiction. So, Eric, welcome to Sex Help with Carol the Coach. How are you? Carol, I'm well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Well, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I know is that this material is so, um, 
it is so apparent that we need it for mindfulness and for the work that we do with addicts and partners. And, and so I know that you presented a large part of this at the uh, symposium for the International Institute for Trauma and Addiction Professionals. And I felt so lucky that you were coming on the show. Tell me, how did you get started with MindSight? I mean, tell us what that is. Sure, sure. Um, first, I'm, I'm honored to be uh, talking about that. We'll first be on the show and then be talking about uh, uh, Dr. Dan Siegel's work. I, I was introduced to his work, I think, back in 2014 when he uh, came out with his book, MindSight. And, um, and I started you know, reading it, and, and as I got more involved with practicing mindfulness, and um, I, I would hear teachers like Jack Cornfield and Tara Brock talk about uh, Dan Siegel, and um, and then when I started to uh, uh, listen to him, I, I got MindSight, and I read it, and um, and I was I was like, wow, this I was blown away. Um, his his work brings me um, a lot of hope. Uh, for humanity and, and our field, he, he's he's truly, I believe, one of the top minds in, in the world right now. Um, his developing mind, uh, third edition, is is awesome. But his his idea of first his conceptualization of a definition of mind, uh, I, I started hearing him talk, and I, I got uh, I would order uh, conversations that he had through Pessy and. I started listening to him, and I, I I heard his definition of mind, and you know he posed to the field, you know we're the only one of the only branches of science that doesn't have a definition for the organ we study, which is the mind. And uh, mm-hmm. when I first heard his his definition of the mind, uh, it blew me apart because um, it, it 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 expands our our definition. It's not just in skull brain. Mind is happening between two in skulled brains and um it's it, it's 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 embodied and relational and um and when i first heard that um i, I it just really inspired me and and then I, I of course i started listening to him a lot more and and i was like wow this this guy's really really uh, he's a pioneer and um and then he he gives a lot of um pictures uh of in his of his concepts, and I'm a visual learner. Um, I see things in pictures, so it made a lot of sense to me when I saw his window of tolerance. Um, I saw his river of integration, um, his idea of systems thinking that the mind, when it becomes disintegrated, the opposite of integration, it either goes to extreme rigidity and or extreme chaos. And um, you know, he tells a story that he went through the entire DSM five and went through every single disorder and they either go to either extreme rigidity rigidity and or extreme chaos. And that made a lot of sense to me. And um, so I, I, I really, his, his concept of integration uh, is, is really interesting. And basically it's, it's honoring differences, our unique differences, our unique assets and liabilities and linking sim- linking in a harmonious way so uh, that that really inspires me because uh, I, I see that happening on not just in our field of 
you know, problematic sexual behaviors and, and, and trying to find a conciliant, you know, view. That's another term he uses by uh, where he, he brings together uh, universal truths of, of all the sciences. It's a, it's a term coined by the uh, late E.O. Wilson, the Harvard uh, mercurologist who uh, studied ants, and where he takes this conciliant view uh, and, and brings in all the universal truths to find the, the, the best, the, the primes, the, the universal truths uh, that we can, we can all agree on and move forward. So again, and he, he says, he gives these metaphors, uh, his idea of integration. Think of integration as it's not a smoothie. A smoothie, you have all the fruits that get blended um, and, and you lose the differentiation of the fruit. However, in integration, think of it as a fruit salad where you have the distinct markers of uh, uniqueness and it's a part of, right? So, and again, I like that, I like that view um, of looking at things. And, and I believe it's the work of our, of our species today of finding integration. Um, and, and, you know, again, his, his big thing is when we have integration, we co combine the me with the we, and we get muy, M-W-E, muy. And, and again, I just love that uh, concept. Um, so uh, I, I, I probably gave you a lot of information there because I get excited. I, I, I'm really in love with his work. And uh, so mindsight, what does that mean? That's a term that he came up with to get through medical school. Because all the doctors and psychiatrists he was working under were saying, Dan, or actually the, the MDs he was working under uh, kept saying, you know, Dan, quit paying attention to how your patients feel. What, do you want to be a psychiatrist? Almost like it was, it was a down, it was a downer. They, they were, <laughs> you know, and uh, so he, he, but he knew because he worked in a, in a, um, a suicide hotline that he knew that the difference between keeping somebody alive and, and somebody may take their life is, is the way th they felt that he was feeling them over the phone. So the difference, you know, one vignette, he gives this example in one of his talks, like he could, he could talk to a suicide patient. Uh, wow. You may, you have a chemical imbalance. I think you need more Prozac versus, Oh my God. That really must be painful. Wow. And that, just the, the tone, the prosody, the voice tone, and, you know, Stephen Porges talks about this, that the client feels felt. And so he, he termed this, he coined this term mindsight, which is composes of three things, insight, uh, empathy, and integration. Okay. And, it's basically, you know, um, feeling the other person, attuning to them. That's what it really means, okay? Um, so, and, and again, it, it's, it's, a, it's a term, the idea, that the meat of it, though, is this is concept of integration, which I'll, I'll just read you what this comes from his book. Um, he has several great books, but I got this from his book, uh, Mind. Uh, it's in, honoring the differentiation and slash specialization 
and ultimately linkage of systems, including the brain and interpersonal relationships in a harmonious manner. Without integration, chaos, rigidity, or both emerge, resulting in a state of mental dysfunction. With integration, harmony emerges. Okay? Um, yeah. So, sorry I went off on a tangent there. Uh, no. So, what else? I, I got, you know, obviously he did want to be a psychiatrist. He wants to be a researcher, but he really does want to know the inner workings of how people think, and especially addicts. Um, tell me, Correct. you know, about interpersonal neurobiology. Tell my listening audience, what is interpersonal neurobiology? Sure. So, again, that's a term. Uh, he, he is the founder of interpersonal neurobiology. Um, he, um, Alan Shore and, and Lou Cozzolino, um, are, are the, the founding members. But really, it's the brainchild of, of Dr. Siegel. And, again, he... He, took, he wanted to um, take the consilient views of it's more of a theoretical framework than a model. Mm-hmm. So it, it takes all the different universal truths of all the branches of sciences, physics, anthropology, sociology, uh, psychology, um, mathematics, complex systems theory, um, and, and brings them into a coherent whole and is trying to make sense of, uh, of you know, the human condition and, and, and hopefully um, bring, bring us more of a unifying uh, theory or framework to conceptualize both health and pathology. Um, and, uh, you know, he so, – so interpersonal neurobiology, it, again, it's – it goes back to his um, his definition of mind. Okay, mind. His definition mm-hmm. is, goes like this: mind is a self-organizing emergent. So that comes from complex systems theory. Self or complex systems have an emergent process, and they. So it's a self-organizing emergent that is embodied. That means we have an embodied brain and relational. Our, our, our mind is contingent upon relationship that, is, that, is man, that manages the, um, the flow of energy and information within, so in our bodies and between. So, again, the whole crux of this idea of interpersonal neurobiology is that we impact each other. Um, we we are we are interconnected, okay, as human beings. So, um, and and so, what is this? What does all this have to do with addiction? I, I see it as a, a a huge piece in that, you know, as you and I know, and anybody who's worked in with addictive medicine or addictive addictive disorders, the the, the ism, the ism, food, gambling, sex, you know, work, it, it's a symptom of a deeper issue, okay? What is that? Well, it's some kind of disconnect. It's a disconnect to uh, my, myself and my parts, a disconnect from fellow human beings, right? And, and it goes somehow I'm, 
I'm not able to see the similarities in others. I'm not able to have this idea of integration with me and my parts. So I go to some outside chemical or behavior to change because it's too, it's painful, right? This disconnect is painful. I'm alone. Ooh, I, I, I'm scared. It's scary. Um, so I go outside and, Man, there's so many aspects to this, Carol. I, I could just go on and on. You know, I personally believe we the the whole the whole paradigm uh, is you know they set up for addict to, to uh, breed addiction in our culture, and 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 then you add um, what I call the the um, um, uh, objectification industrial complex where. You know the commodity, uh, dopamine. The, the the actual showing objectification of human bodies releases a lot of dopamine, and and so that's big money, big money. And when you have big money, there's shadow there. So, it, 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 but the idea here is all this um, this breeds this search for outside of myself to to fill a hole. And it's this, this hole is a disconnect, okay? So interpersonal mm-hmm. neurobiology tends to, it, it starts to look at, wow, the, the work is creating a connection, right? It, and we're not as separate as we think we are, okay? We are really, really interconnected, not just with other human beings, with the, well, with the whole planet, the entire, all the whole biosphere, okay? And... Um, so anyway, unbridled capitalism, we can't keep this paradigm. It's unsustainable. So, and Siegel is, starting, Siegel is starting right about that um, and really asking the hard questions, you know, in my opinion. So I don't that, – that's a – one thing I can tell you for your listeners, this is a really important concept. It, it's okay. called the river of integration, and you can use this if you're, if you're in your recovery – uh, if you're if you're if you're not in recovery, if you're just a human being on on the road and trying to do the best you can in this very difficult world we live in right now, and that is the river, the river of integration. And just think, in the middle of the river is what he calls the faces flow, F-A-C-E-S, and faces stands for flexible, flexible, mm-hmm. adaptive. C is coherent. So there's a there's a good enough beginning, middle, and an end, and there's a flow between those, right? So it's coherent. <laughs> there's a sense of energy. Energy is being produced, okay? E stands for energy. And then the S stands for there's a sense of stability or stable enough, right? And if I'm in the faces flow in anything, right, in my recovery, in my work, in my play in my you know my my studies whatever i'm in the middle of the river i'm in that face as well but if i become disintegrated in that in in my life i go to either the left edge of the river the the shore of the river which is extreme rigidity you know um and i've done that with my my program you know i'm in i'm in long-term recovery from multiple addictions sex and love being one of them I've gone there with my program. I've gone extreme rigid, right? 
in my program, and I've had through good sponsorship and therapy into the middle of the river. I can also go extreme chaos, chaotic, and I've done that in my recovery, right? And that's not helpful. So the goal is to stay somewhere in the middle of the river, okay? And and, and this right. all comes from the field of interpersonal neurobiology, which is about relationship and how we influence one another. Um, and I can get into a couple more concepts that are important in interpersonal neurobiology, but um, I, I, I want to I wanna give uh, – I just wanted to let you in on kind of what that – where the field came from and uh, – and, and where it's where it's evolving right now. So, well, yeah, and I know that there are there are so many concepts and so many theories. Now, let me just ask you to keep it as simple as you can for us. What is the integral meta theory or the AQAL map? What is that in regards to neurobiology and mind size? Sure. So uh, the integral map um, is, is, uh, was formulated by Ken Wilber, the American philosopher Ken Wilber, and um, who um, basically there's four quadrants, okay? And mm-hmm. think of it is, is the, the, um, the one, the upper left quadrant is, is personal I subjective. So you have I personal subjective. Then on the upper right would be singular objective. So with singular, you have both singular subjective and then you have singular objective. An example of singular subjective is feelings. You'd ask me how I'm feeling. Well, I'm sad. Okay. Well, we can't quantify that. On the upper right, you could hook me up with EEGs and heart rate monitors and and ask me, you know, if I say I'm feeling angry, it would register. You'd, you'd be able to quantify it. So that's the difference, singular objective, singular, uh, singular subjective, singular objective. Lower left, think of it as plural. It's the plural, okay? So we have the, the plural subjective, which he calls the we. So that's the we, again, Collectively, we, we as a cult, that's culture. We have different cultures. You know, if we, we have a different culture here in the United States than they do in Africa or, say, Brazil, there's different cultures, okay? You can't really mm-hmm. quantify it, but we just know it's real. Um, and there, there's just, there's differences. The, the, then you have the uh, collective objective, right, which is he calls it's. So, again, it could be quantified. Um, think of it as systems like um, there would be, uh, you know, in, in Canada, they have uh, universal health care. Uh, in, in the U.K., universal health We don't in the States. That's, that would be an example of it's a system-wide uh, way to look at things. It can be objective. It can be quantified, okay? So why is this important? Why, why do I think this is important in, in, in our field? Because uh, Ken Wilber believes, and as I do, uh, that in reality there's, there's these four quadrants going on at, at the same time, okay? And, and I, I have to be aware of that when, as I'm, as I'm 
in, as I'm moving in, in the world. And, and especially if I'm a clinician, I have to look at all four of these windows to really get an accurate map of the territory, okay? And again, Wilbur, Wilbur often says this, and I love this when he says it. He says, don't confuse the map with the territory, okay? In other words, but he'll say, you're not going to go into the Rocky Mountains with, with a, unless you have an accurate map. Because the more accurate map you have, the more likelihood you're not going to get lost. So, again, I, I like his aqua, he calls it all quadrant, all level aqua or integral meta theory. I like that overlaying the nine domains or Siegel's mind site or interpersonal neurobiology because I think it's another level of making the most accurate assessment. Uh, and if we had the more accurate the assessment, the more accurate the treatment outcomes. And that's been my experience. So, um, and, and the more, uh, the, the better direction we know where we're going as a field. Okay. So, again, I, I really like what Wilbur says and, and his model about, about that. And I could go into more detail about his, his levels, lines, states, types, and shadow if you'd like. But it's a comprehensive meta theory, so um, it's just a good way to conceptualize any theory uh, or any model. Yeah. So I hope I simplified that. Yeah, I think you did a nice job. And, and I know you talk about the wheel of awareness, that that is so important. So can you tell us a little bit about what that wheel of awareness exercise is all about? Absolutely. Um, so uh, Dan Siegel came up with this. Um, literally, he has a table in his office. Um, I, I can't wait to see it someday. Uh, but he, it's, it's, it's a metaphor. And this has to do with his, one of his nine domains of integration, okay? And if you want to learn more about his nine domains, you can read Mindsight. You can read The Mindful Therapist uh, or Aware. Um, also, Mind is a great uh, book, um, or take his course in, in online. But the wheel, um, think of it as the hub. It's a metaphor, okay? And in, particularly in his domain of, of the domain of, of uh, consciousness, and this doesn't get talked a lot about in consciousness research, but in, in, the wheel differentiates the knowing from the known. Now, what does that mean? So think of the hub of the wheel as the, it's the knowing. Think of this as subjective inter-knowing. Like you and I, right now, Carol, you, you know I'm saying the word you know, right? Now, that can be looked at in two different ways in, in that at one level, you're having a subjective experience of me saying you know, but you know it's happening. Think of the rim of the wheel as the known. So that is, and that could be quantified. That Think of it, you know, in some ways, this is in Wilbur's model, upper left quadrants, inner subjective versus outer upper right, outer uh, a singular objective. So, when I say you know, you're having a, a subjective experience, and on the rim, 
you're hearing my voice and photons going through my the phone into your ear, and you're hearing this. Your your temporal membrane is hearing this, and and you're translating that information and energy flow. That's the known. So there's the the, the wheel of awareness. Think of the hub of the wheel. And, and again, you can go online and learn this. He, he gives it away free. And I've been practicing it now for about three years. And what it does is it gives, it, it gives you space. You first, so the wheel, the hub of the wheel is the, the inner subjective knowing. It's calm. It's clear. It's, it's, it's creative. It's, it's the plane of, infinite plane of possibilities. And we send out a spoke from the hub to the rim and the first five segments of the rim he goes through is our sense of touch taste smell sight and hearing and it'll it'll actually Uh go around to each of those five senses and then he'll go to what he calls the sixth sense which is our our interior of the body or interoception and he'll go through a body scan from our head to our toes and again, he's pointing this, he, this spoke is where we focus our attention as we go around. And then he continues with the, you know, the seventh sense of the rim, which is our mental activities. What does that mean? Those are our beliefs, our, our, our hopes, our dreams, our intentions. Um, he calls these mental activities. And then we go to the last segment of the rim, which he calls the eighth sense, which is our sense of relationships, uh, relationships to uh, people close to us, our animals. But then he'll broaden it out to our our families, then our you know our towns, and then our state. And then if you listen to his uh, wheel awareness exercise, he goes to the country, then to continents, then the whole planet, and then all beings. And and then lastly which is really, really a powerful thing, powerful exercise, is he has you bend the spoke of attention back around so that the spoke of the hub is coming back into itself, which is another way of saying experiencing the awareness of awareness. And I've done this with myself and I've done this several times and I've been practicing meditation now 25 years and uh, I'm I'm a big, uh, it's helped me tremendously. That doing that gave me such a a powerful visceral sense of expansion. And, and I've done this with a lot of my clients and they say the same thing. So what the, the power in this is that, it creates space, separation. And Siegel believes this is what it's doing. It creates space between uh, a, a stimulus and a response, okay? And this idea of this hub, and you, when you bend that spoke of attention back in the hub, you're dipping down into what he calls the infinite plane of possibilities. Um, and the plane, the plane of possibility, because energy can be measured the one thing I like about Siegel is he brings in hard physics to all his concepts. So it's, it's really interesting and energy can be uh, measured in, in a probability curve. And there's, so there's an infinite plane of possibilities and we can go uh, and he demonstrates this in, again in his book aware, 
But this idea of this hub of the wheel, it, it creates space so that we have a better opportunity to, uh, it, you know, if, you, if you're a parts work practitioner, from, come from that self. You know, I do IFS. So the self is curious, compassionate, calm, clear, courageous, committed, so that I can learn to reparent my, my protector parts that are reactive. I'm in a much more receptive state of mind versus a reactive state of mind, okay? And, and again, yeah. what Siegel talks about is you do this repeatedly over time, you get not only state change, you get trait change, trait change, okay, um, mm-hmm. which is what I'm after, not just state change, which is, you know, why I used I wanted state change, the quick fix, you know, the shiny object. I'm after in, in recovery trait change, okay, which takes a lot of work, as, as you know. You, you know. Um, so, so that's the wheel of awareness. And, again, I've, I've done it, uh, and I invite your listeners to try it. It's, it's a fabulous exercise. It's just incredibly helpful. It's an incredibly helpful tool. Um, he's talked to Cabot, John Kabat-Zinn, you know, the, the, he started mindfulness-based stress reduction, and uh, Kabat-Zinn was saying, yep, this is awesome, you know. Tara Brock, Jack Cornfield, I mean, these, these top practitioners are all seeing the utility of this, this exercise. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful tool, you know, so... Help me. Okay, so one more time. Where can they find this? Where Dr. can they Dan find Siegel. Sure, sure. If they go to drdansiegel.com, uh, it's all you got to type in, and then Wheel of Awareness. Um, but if you just go to drdansiegel.com, he gives it away free. Um, what I would, call, I would say, um, you, you definitely want to listen to his instructions carefully uh, you want to go through the protocols that he lays forth uh, before you practice the long version. Um, and they can also, you can also get it if you buy the book Aware. Um, his book Aware has it and goes in depth. But he gives it away free on his website, drdansiegel.com. Very cool. Now, how can people get a hold of you in case they want more information about the good works that you're doing? Absolutely. Um, my, my direct, they can go to my website, uh, heartandsoulrecovery.org, or they can email me at eric at heartandsoulrecovery.org. And that's, um, that's my website and my email. And I would love um, people to get in touch with me if you want. And any questions they have, I'd be more than happy to get back to them. Well, there's just no doubt that you are a wealth of knowledge and you've just exposed us to a lot of concepts that some people may never have heard of. I love that wheel of awareness. I'm going to go to that website right away. Um, And I so appreciate you being such an advocate for Dr. Siegel's work because truly he is a visionary in the field of mindfulness and integration my neurobiology, I mean, the, we just got to hear him, didn't we, at our conference, our, our symposium. Yes, he, he's, he's, he's amazing. I, 
I was so impressed that he he did his whole talk without any PowerPoint. I wish I could pull that off, but I'm not a Dr. Siegel. He's 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 truly. I can't wait to meet him uh, in person. I, I he really is. He he's one of my heroes. He really is. I have. I mean, I'm I'm so. He really inspires me. Um, and and I and I really think he he embodies his work. Um, and uh, it just gives me a lot of hope, you know, in, in our field. And um, I, 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 and he gets he gives pictures. He shows pictures, which I, I, I see it when I see in, things in pictures in 3D. Um, yeah. So he's amazing. He's an amazing human being, and um, his his concepts really bring me a lot of hope. Absolutely. So I want to thank you so much, Eric Belstrling. Um, I want to remind everybody, uh, he has developed the Heart and Soul Recovery uh, Office, and you can reach him by going to his website or giving him a call. It's eric at heartandsoulrecovery.org. He's out of North Carolina, and thank you for for keeping us um, in the new, if you will, because I'm telling you, it's hard to be in the know. It really is when, when you're an addict who's struggling with recovery. But I think that this information, really, at about year three of recovery, it, it takes somebody to their potentiality. So thank you so much. You're very welcome, Carol. Thank, thank you so much for having me and being interested in this topic. Absolutely. Come back and visit us again. You make it a good one. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That was Eric. And, I mean, he has made it his mission to, you know, advocate for Dan Siegel's work. And it is kind of heady. It's part of what I've been learning through that mindfulness course. And I love the nine domains. I love the awareness exercise. Take a look at it, you know, and, and look Eric up at Heart and Soul Recovery, PLLC. All right. Well, that's it. Hopefully next week when you, when you talk to me next, I may have my books. It's like I birthed this baby, and I don't have the baby to prove it. <laughs> okay, what am I going to work on? Everybody, you know, it's patience. And as I say at all times, hey. There will only be you and I and one of us at all times. So fearlessly have the courage to be yourself, and I'll fearlessly have the courage to practice patience. Patience. And I don't know if you can hear the thunder in the background, but we got some going down. All right. Make it a good one. I'll see you next week for more Sex Health with Carol, the coach. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.